welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall. I am your host, Juan, a.k.a. Truth in Media, a.k.a. Trippy Shaman. So welcome back, folks, uh, to the show that's trying to help you break down that brick wall and help you see what's behind it, which is the truth that is usually kept from us. And so today we got another artist for y'all. A really smart guy. He's a self-made musician and a producer. He makes his own music, and it's uniquely him. It's probably something you won't ever hear on the radio because this music actually makes you think and makes you laugh at the establishment, a.k.a. The Matrix. And if I had to describe uh, his music, I would say it's a blend of tool-like guitar with a system of a down type cadence and Eminem-like lyrics, but back in the day when he was funny and, and real chill. Now he's all serious and emo kind of. So uh, he released, released his debut album titled Households back in 2016, and he also won the alternative recording of 2017 YYC Music Awards. I don't know what that is. We're going to ask him in a little bit. And then, since then, he's released several records and a bunch of singles. And he also put out an album titled 2022, which is great, and it pushes back against this worldwide flu that just happened. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome to you all Alex of Mindseed. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. So your name is Alex, right? Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, the introduction was uh, spot on. So, Alex, um, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Alex. I'm uh, the founder of the project called Mindseed. It's a music project. Um, started back in 2012 with a couple little demos. Put out the first full-length record in 2016 called Households, as you mentioned. And, uh, yeah, I'm somebody who cares a lot about spreading truth. Uh, I've had a lot of experiences in my life that have kind of opened up my eyes to how we are deceived and lied to pretty much constantly in this world. And my goal is to spread uh, the message of truth wherever people are able to uh, to hear it and just plant the uh, plant the seeds. Then that's where the, the term mind seed comes from. Right. That's what I was going to ask you. So why mind seed? Because you want to plant, plant seeds in people's mind? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I mean... <laughs> When I was growing up and stuff like that, especially my teenage years, I kind of stumbled on uh, a couple bands that really inspired me, like uh, System of a Down was a huge one. Again, you, you kind of mentioned that in the intro. Uh, Tool, things like that. And, you know, at the age that I kind of stumbled upon that stuff, I was probably like 14, 15, so not necessarily like awake at that point. But kind of listening to the lyrics and the music and starting to dive into that and be like, what is this guy talking about? Like, these lyrics are so interesting. Right. And through that process, I think that's what really planted the seeds for, for me to kind of, uh, that really sparked my awakening. So I just kind of took that concept of, like, the mind seed. I knew how it kind of worked for me, and I wanted to spread that outward. And that's where, uh, yeah, that's where the idea of mind seed kind of came from. So what do you mean specifically from System of a Down that made you think uh, differently? Well, I think it was like the first System of a Down song that I heard was BYOB. And I wasn't necessarily a super political person uh, before I, I encountered that. But definitely in terms of kind of the political angle and stuff like that, just the, the lyrics that they were talking about, like, you know, every, you know, everybody's dancing in the desert, have a real good time. Yeah. And then reading some of the, the interviews about a line like that, and they're, they're really talking about, you know, the war in Iraq, the invasion of Iraq, and how, you know, it's kind of glamorized and the idea of like, you know, going overseas to fight this battle for your country. But really what you're doing is exploiting people overseas for oil, for profit, for all these other motivations. And that's not necessarily what we hear through the mainstream media. Right. Right. And that really, 
yeah, and that really opened my eyes to at least the, the political angle of that, that, you know, what we see on TV isn't necessarily the, the truth of what happens, uh, you know, with the military industrial complex and everything that's kind of attached to that. Yeah, for sure, brother. I remember, same thing with me. I wasn't truly awake back then, but I would listen to this song on my walk home and it would get me angry. I would get that activist type of spirit in me like, yeah, man, what the fuck? What's going on? Why are we doing all this war type of stuff? And you're right. I was like, I didn't even think about it then. But yeah, I, I kind of did uh, raise the spirit inside of me like, yeah, what the fuck are we doing over there? So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I used to, man, I love a uh, system of it down. And yeah, your show, your show for sure with that. So when did so you weren't playing music back then when you first were listening to that at age 14, huh? I was I was still playing music, but not necessarily with the intention of, like you know, awakening. I had no idea what that was like. I kind of got into music at, at a fairly young age. Like my, my mom put me into piano lessons like around, I think I was like eight or nine or something like that. And actually what sparked it is I used to listen to these old like Beethoven tapes and my mom would tell me like the music does something to my insides and I would just like get really emotional around music and I would really react strongly to it. So I think inherently, even as a kid before I knew it, I had that kind of connection to art to music and the way it can kind of move people and change people's emotional states and mental states, whether I was kind of aware of that or not. So my mom definitely picked up on that very early and she put me in music lessons. And yeah, I continued with uh, kind of piano, you know, doing like the classical kind of stuff, you know, it's a little bit boring or whatever. But uh, then I got, I discovered the electric guitar and uh, she put me in electric guitar lessons and stuff like that. And then kind of with that is when I really found things like System of a Down and Tool. And that's really where the awakening and the art uh, kind of came together more at that point. That's awesome, man. I think it's beautiful that your mom saw that and she like motivated you and pushed you to that area. You know, I think it sucks that in school, it's such a common thing. They, it's kind of, they treat people like factories. They just want to treat everybody the same, teaching this, not even really teaching them anything, just get them to memorize certain things. But they don't inspire or try to really figure out what's that spark that everyone has. You know, I always say everybody has a certain superpower. For you, it's music. But for other kids, it could be mm -hmm. um, speaking or exercising. And it's just like they never, some people never really find out what it is. And there's this quote, it says, it goes something along the lines of, you're born twice in your life. First, when you're born as a child. And then the second time, it's when you discover why you were born, why you were here on earth and what you were here to do. And a lot of people don't really experience Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's so true. And I mean, I, I kind of see that myself as a, because I'm a music teacher. That's kind of my, my full-time job. So, you know, I, I'm interacting with, with kids and stuff like that. And I mean, a lot of them come in with this creativity and especially at that younger age, they really have that spark. And I think, you know, I've, I've taught some of these kids for almost like a decade, right? So I see their progress. And by the time they hit high school, it's almost like, you know, some of them kind of make it out of the public education system with that childish wonder, that creativity still intact. But I would say a huge chunk of them, if there's not somebody who can kind of inspire them to keep that creative spark within them they end up losing it and you can just kind of see it in their energy you can see it in their face you can see it how in terms of how they show up in class so that's something that i've really tried hard in my lessons to kind of counteract is to nurture that creative space obviously music lessons are, are perfect for that kind of thing but um and just even just letting them know straight up through conversation like i mean you know the the left brain logical side of things is great but you know, it's really important not to lose your connection to your heart and your creative spirit because I feel that's really uh, an integral part of the human experience. 
Yeah, that's cool, man. So you, you're a music teacher? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like uh, my, my, main, my main gig there. That's how I pay the bills. That's I gotta cool. pay them. <laughs> that's cool, yeah. You're incorporating music into like every aspect of your life. So you play the guitar in all, in all your songs? Yeah, so ever since like 2016 when I put out that household record, I had some other uh, bandmates that were kind of attached to that. I had a bass player named Russell and he was, uh, he's very much in the kind of the main, same mindset as me. He's very much awake. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, we kind of went our separate ways at some point, not because of any differences in terms of how we see the world, but just kind of uh, just personal issues, you know, band problems and stuff like that. But the project has more now kind of developed into kind of a solo thing. So. I actually play the guitar on it for the most part. I do the singing, the bass playing, the drum, like programming and stuff like that. Uh, most of the recording and production. So I kind of take care of most of it. Uh, and that's something that kind of started, especially when the uh, the worldwide flu hit us in, you know, 2020. <laughs> and I had no choice. Uh, they, they, they made me... <laughs> You know, stay home and all that. So I just kind of took the reins and, and kept going from that point. Yeah, see, man, that's awesome. That's what I keep saying on the show. Like, there's a whole worldwide flu thing. It forced people to, like, really dig deep and really, like, go after what they want to do instead of just doing the whole routine thing of the 9 to 5, which is one of your songs that I want to talk about later. But, yeah, man, Absolutely. it's awesome. Like, you, you, you remind me of uh, Kevin Parker, you know, the guy from Tem Impala. He records and produces all his own shit, and he just hires bandmates to come and play the music with him and, on tours. Oh, crazy. I actually had no idea that that's how uh, Tame Impala operated, but yeah, that's, uh, that is sick. Yeah, that man. is super cool. That's so cool. You do the whole thing. That's like Prince did the same thing. He like, I think one of his albums, he played all the instruments on it. Oh, yeah, totally. Prince is amazing. I mean, even uh, I think he tried to kind of wake people up and he was somewhat conscious of how things were kind of going uh, in terms of the human trajectory and our own self-destruction and, you know, potential enslavement and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's definitely another another person that I that I look up to a lot in terms of uh, awakened human beings. Yeah, for sure. Even his like his whole deal with the purple, like that's the highest vibration. Purple is like the highest chakra that you can get to. So he was definitely like trying Absolutely. to yeah, hint at it. And, and like there was this other video that he posted like about you can use a computer. Don't let the computer use you. So meaning like even now with social media, we're just the products now. We're they're just using all our data to um, for what I think is to feed it to AI and to see how humanity really works and ticks. Absolutely. I mean, that is such a treasure trove of information, like the stuff that we post on our social media and in terms of Prince's warning there, in terms of like, you know, don't let the computer use you, you use the computer. Like, I, I really do feel like humanity has kind of failed to heed that warning as humanity usually does, right? I mean, there's been a lot of amazing people who come to warn us about how things are going. And we seem, uh, at least generally speaking, to not be able to kind of catch on to those things. But I mean, to me, it just seems we're at the point where we're almost entirely enslaved by our smartphones. Um, we're getting most of our information, like, you know, you know, not people like you and I, but like, you know, the more normie mainstream population is getting most of their information from the mainstream media still, you know, Apple news is beaming their, uh, information constantly. And then people will read that and figure that they're, uh, they're educated on the matter and they don't necessarily understand that they're actually being propagandized and not really being informed about what's really going on in the world. And yeah, I almost kind of figured we'd have more time. Like, I mean, you know, I started waking up probably around, I'd say like 2010. I kind of got into the New World Order stuff. I saw where this is kind of going and I thought, okay, we maybe have like, I'll see this near the end of my lifetime. And then the worldwide flu hit in uh, 
2020 there and I just knew immediately I was like oh man this is it so I started going a little bit harder on that uh, with the music for sure so what was it around 2010 that, that really woke you up uh, it's almost hard to say like I mean the the music was a huge chunk of it at least politically um, tool was a big part of that because uh, I kind of see system of a down as being more on the political side with some spiritual elements in there uh, the band tool really kind of woke me up I would say a lot of uh, experiences when it comes to psychedelics yes. uh, and that kind of stuff was huge that was like an integral part of that because it's one thing to almost you know wake up wake up in terms of how the the outer world actually functions but also the connection to the inner world is so huge and then once you kind of open up those energy centers and those windows of perception within yourself um that changes everything so i would say psychedelics had a, a huge huge role in that yeah, for sure, man. I feel like um, I had two awakenings. First, when I kind of confirmed Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny weren't real. And then later in life, <laughs> later in life, once I took psychedelics, I was like, I really opened up Pandora's box. And that really kind of, it reminds me of this quote from Terrence McKenna. He said something along the lines. Let me put it up, pull it up because I actually just posted something about that. But Terrence McKenna. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He says, yeah, that guy's amazing. Yeah, he says, psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally lay down models of behavior and information processing. They open you up to the possibility that everything you know is wrong. And it's so true. Like, once I really took a psychedelics, I was like, wait, why don't they tell us about this? Why am I thinking weird? I remember the first time I tripped, I looked at money. And like wow. all my opinions like about money that had been implanted in my head were kind of like washed away. And I saw it just as a piece of paper, like, wow, the world really runs on these pieces of paper. And it's just like, damn, tell me, right. about, tell me about your first psychedelic trip. Yeah, when it comes to like, I mean, I think my first experience with psychedelics, I don't even know if like weed is considered that. Like uh, that was kind of my first thing is I would, you know, kind of dabble in weed. Um, I wasn't necessarily using it for the, the best intention when I first started. It was just like, you know, I, you know, I had a friend who'd be like, oh, you got to try this, blah, 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 blah. But then at some point, I kind of uh, I got into meditation and yoga and kind of energy practices um, through kind of my use of marijuana because I started kind of feeling a little bit of tension in between my eyes in terms of the pineal gland and kind of the third eye. Um, I started to explore that a little bit more because I would kind of see colors swirl and stuff like that when after I would smoke a little bit of weed. So mm. I just heard, okay, mm. when it comes to energy and that kind of stuff, uh, the best way to really tap into that is, you know, close your eyes, get into the lotus position and focus on your breathing. So that's what I started doing. And yeah, I would just, even just smoking weed, I'd have some really intense experiences of just like seeing energy vis visually. I remember some experiences really early on of seeing like these purple balls of energy kind of like flow in front of me and these very distinct faces like within these purple balls kind of like morph. I remember this, what I perceived to be kind of like a, a native elder or native chief, like just staring at me. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it, just experiences like that, even just on uh, weed or whatever. And then uh, later on with like mushrooms and stuff like that, that was even more profound because yeah, I almost started seeing that as like a spiritual surgery. Like I'm, I'm curious uh, in terms of your experiences there too, but it, it just felt like I would get in contact with the spirit of the mushroom. It would kind of work its way up through my energetic system, like through the root chakra, cleanse all the way up. 
And um, yeah, it just took, put me in touch with the fact that we also have an energetic kind of metaphysical component to our being. And also the fact that that's so unrecognized in society. And that's almost considered like, you know, kind of crazy if you go around telling people that you exist on some ethereal level as well, they yeah. start to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, raise their eyebrows at you. But uh, I think that was a, a huge part of it for me there. Yeah, and it's crazy how like just speaking about things that way, most like you said, most people will roll their eyes or be like, oh, come on, dude. But like there's truly something powerful there. Like if we lived in a society more kind of like avatar, like really connected to nature and the world, people would be more open to that idea. And I'm not one to promote or tell people to do psychedelics. But for me, all right. the searching that I've done, I've seen that that's one of the best ways to get people to like look at themselves and look at the world in a different way to kind of red pill them in a sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine having one of those experiences and going back to seeing the world in, in the way that I did previously. Right. And it's it's the type of thing I think Terrence McKenna, an old uh, interview that I listened to with them. Uh, I, I have actually had a hard time finding that same interview, but he's saying it's almost inherent in those psychedelic experiences that it's meant for the individual. And it's kind of like, well, you can try to explain this to somebody else, but the words just don't do it. Like you have to experience that for mm-hmm. yourself. And sometimes I, I, I wonder if that's a huge part of why we're kind of in the, the mess that we're in right now uh, in terms of just the situation humanity's gotten ourselves into because we're so disconnected from spirit. We've fallen so far into those left brain analytical processes, which are great, but we've completely shunned uh, for, the, for the most part that idea of spirit. And a lot of these, you know, very science, you know, trust the science people. Like, I mean, I, I get what they're coming from, but... If they had an experience like that, I think it would completely change their worldview and humanity could finally get on a better trajectory. But uh, yeah, there just seems to be a lot of resistance to the idea of spirit or like a, a spiritual dimension to life. Yeah, and I think that has systematically been done. I mean, I'm sure you heard that quote that the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to get people not to believe in him and AKA also the spiritual world. Because once you disconnect or sever that connection, anything goes morality's out the window uh, anything goes people can just have sex and there's no um responsibility yeah. or anything like that but it's just like damn how how crazy it is that he the, the world truly is run by lucifer in a sense right now all the evil things that happen the the devils run amok while they kill all the angels like john lennon or the people who are really speaking out against the system yes absolutely i mean that's spot on like i mean that's almost uh, like, you know, the idea of the, the the pentacle and kind of occultism, right? Like in kind of, you know, Wicca or whatever it would be, you would have that, uh, the four physical elements, and then you have the, the top point of the star representing spirit. And I guess the idea there, as far as my understanding is that, like, you know, you have the physical material plane, but spirit should be kind of the, the joining factor of those things. And it kind of, not more important than the physical world, but that it's, I don't know, the bridging factor and that it kind of more is more important. But then when it comes to kind of the satanic ideology, they take that star, they flip it upside down so that the material world is actually above the spiritual world and the spirit doesn't really matter. And then when you look at, well, what force is really running this world right now? Like, just like you said, is it the force of love and compassion and consciousness expansion? Or is it the force of greed, death and destruction? And I mean, anybody who's been honest with themselves, I think would say, well, it's definitely not the force of love that's in control of this physical world right now. It was definitely the, uh, definitely the devil's playground. So that was, uh, yeah, definitely a, a tough thing to kind of realize, but better to deal with the reality than to kind of live in, in illusions. Yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. So, okay, so go back to when we were talking about 2010, you started waking up. What subjects really interested you? 
Yeah, great question. Um, I think like a lot of people, I kind of started off with the the nine eleven stuff uh, with the World Trade Center, uh, like the World Trade Center Seven, that other building, because you hear about like you know the two main buildings, and then when I found out that you know World Trade Center Seven had also collapsed, there was a third building. I think something just kind of rang some alarm bells. I kind of went down the conspiracy YouTube rabbit hole because i think back then it was a lot easier to find a lot of this information right yeah. like you type in 9-11 conspiracy whatever whatever and you'd be able to find that information very easily and now youtube just either gets rid of it entirely or just you gotta sort it by new or find it some other way but i just kind of went down that rabbit hole started watching things like zeitgeist uh those kind of documentaries and just realized wow we're being lied to um it's actually fairly blatant um it's actually not that hard to figure out but just they pulled the wool over people's eyes so well that people are just in this trance and i think after the 9-11 thing that really just got me thinking well what else are we being lied about to about and i'm trying to kind of think about where i went from there like 9-11 i think i, I would say maybe this, that kind of opens you up to the world of symbolism because i see you have a lot of videos kind of breaking down the symbolism that the masons use and stuff Absolutely, absolutely. That opened me up to the the idea of symbolism and stuff like that, and just starting to kind of see that stuff uh, around you. Like, for example, when it comes to the World Economic Forum logo and stuff like that, like they have the six 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 kind of like, you know, somewhat covertly built in there, or just companies that kind of integrate integrate like the inverted pentagram. Or when it comes to Gmail and stuff like that, and they have that Freemasonic uh, apron, whatever they call it. Yeah, apron there you go exactly that thing there right and just seeing it's so blatant and in your face and it's like once you're awake you can't unsee it and uh, yeah that really opened up my my eyes to that for sure hell yeah man yeah like you were saying back in the day youtube was a shit like i remember getting off work buying me like a some fucking beer going home smoking me like rolling a blunt and just going down the rabbit hole because like you said back then youtube you typed in 9 11 and then it would recommend you all, like, like you said, it, like to me the same, it recommended me uh, videos about symbolism and then the Freemasons and then like you just yeah. go down the rabbit hole and you're like, holy shit. But here, let me give you the tip and the listeners because like you said, if you try to search through it now, you'll get like the first thing it pulls up, it'll be like CNN or like just the mainstream yes. narrative and they block it. So go, instead of going through YouTube, go, th I'm sure you know about BitChute, the alternative YouTube kind Absolutely. of site. Absolutely. You can go through there, yeah, yeah, or sure. uh, if you want to search for some cool videos, go through like Bing.com and search through the videos through there, or through like um, Yandex, or through just different browsers. Look yes. around because the, it, YouTube definitely censors it, and you gotta gotta go go around and kind of look for them on your own. Absolutely, yeah, I know you're spot on. Like BitChute, Odyssey Library, like you said, Yandex. That's a big one when I'm trying to find that kind of uh, more occulted material. Because it's just like you said, it's absolutely impossible to find it on uh, on YouTube, and obviously that's owned by Google now, if I'm not mistaken. Which is like yeah. you know, Alphabet Inc. And uh, I kind of see that as a, you know an Alphabet organization owned uh, thing anyway. So I try to avoid Google as much as possible. But it's almost funny when you try to bring this stuff up to to people who haven't necessarily been doing their due diligence for the past decade, so they haven't been able to kind of notice that censorship creeping in slowly but surely. Whereas people like us, we've we've been trying to find that information for a long time, and it's just become so obvious how that uh, information has been kind of obfuscated. And I don't know. I just feel like we're at the point now where it's just like I I brought up that idea to kind of more. Like not to be condescending, but like normie type people about not using Google, and they look at me like I'm engaging in like 
some criminal behavior they're like you're not using google you're using something else and it's just <laughs> like it's like brainwashing to the point of that agent smith effect where they're actually unconsciously acting as protectors of the system and they don't even necessarily realize it so something as benign as using another search engine that's not google just like rings alarm bells right, to them right, and it's right. just like it's absurd it's it's crazy yeah, that's crazy, man. And here, let me give you a tidbit. Maybe next time you argue with someone about that, just tell them that sure. Google, when it first started, you I'm sure you know when they first started, their main like uh, mission statement was don't be evil. And ever since then, they grew and expanded. And they rescinded it. They actually took it out of their mission statement. Wow, no way. What was it? Don't, don't be evil or yeah. don't speak evil? Yeah, don't be evil. It, wow, I, I actually had no idea. Yeah, you should look into it because yeah, after a couple of years when they really started censoring, they rescinded it and they took it off and it was like, well, there you go. I mean, they're just telling you what they're doing <laughs> in, in plain sight. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah they fully embraced their uh, their evil activities. It's it, it's really a shame. I mean, the, the internet has so much, or at least it had so much potential for consciousness expansion and, you know, to kind of con connect humanity and to share these ideas. And there was that window of opportunity and I just feel like, the Irish person wasted it on cat videos and porn and just narcissistic bullshit and right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So uh, you're a really smart guy, dude, and you're really witty, and I like how you infuse that and with comedy and into your art. Like I like how on your website, uh, I'm gonna plug it up. Go, y'all, go check out his stuff. It's at mindseedmusic.com, and like on your main page, you have a picture of you like in the bathtub, I think, eating French toast and reading Shakespeare. And I just thought that, yeah, was, yeah. that was hilarious. And I like how you, you're a really smart dude. And you said, uh, I went through your stuff and you said you went to Calgary University and that you used to do research papers. What kind of research did you do? I was at University of Calgary. I was a communications and culture uh, graduate. So a lot of that was communications-based uh, research papers. But for example, I, take a, I took a lot of political science uh, electives and stuff like that. So I wrote a lot of research papers when it came to political sciences. Um, I had some really amazing professors actually at University uh, of Calgary that were pretty open to some of these perspectives that, uh, you know, are kind of shunned by society. So uh, a lot of research papers on globalization and globalization by the people versus the globalization that we have now, which is globalization by corrupt uh, corporate globalist scumbags. Um, so I, I wrote a, a paper about that actually, and I got an A plus on that, which I was shocked about, because I was like, uh, man, my prof is not gonna like this one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they actually, they, they really liked it. They thought it was extremely insightful. We had some great conversations about it. So um, yeah, yeah, I wrote a lot of research papers at uh, UFC, some more enlightening than others, but uh, yeah, that was a huge part of getting the, the degree there for sure. Have you ever posted any of those research papers? I would like to read that one about globalization. Absolutely. To be honest, I haven't posted uh, any of them yet, but I've actually been considering kind of uh, typing them up and putting them into a manuscript and starting to sell some physical or digital copies. Obviously, I, I would just give you one uh, to read there for sure. So if I can dig that up, I know it's in a box uh, <laughs> somewhere in this apartment. But if I can dig that up, I would love to uh, to present that at some point for cool. sure. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's awesome because if you... Because when you really come at it with that research, like that really deep investigative mind and you really go down the rabbit hole, you can really figure out the truth. Because a lot of people now, especially because of social media, they think they're into conspiracies and they think they're in the know just because they scroll through their webpage while they're taking a shit, which is on one of your songs. It's hilarious. 
and they're just like <laughs> reading the topic with they're not really reading the really the whole article or really investigating but when you do it the way that you're doing through like a research type uh, style you got to go and cite sources you got to look up facts you got to look at documents and you really got to Mm-hmm. dig and then you start connecting the dots and like the whole picture becomes clear and you're like holy shit th- there definitely is some type of conspiracy going on here absolutely and not only that i kind of feel like w- when you're kind of taking it from that more research-based perspective like you can kind of convey that stuff more easily to the mainstream population because the mainstream population is you know the people who are constantly going like trust the science they want to see your mm-hmm. sources blah 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 and they kind of see somebody like you know me as being a conspiracy nut if you can kind of present that information to them in a way that, you know, seems more intellectual, like, you know, you got your grammar right, this guy can spell, he's not like a total dunce, then at least they can kind of connect, okay, like I'm seeing this person who at least, you know, on a surface level comes across intelligent and articulate, then they start to kind of take those ideas a little bit more seriously. Because, yeah. um, you know, for example, I have some some friends or acquaintances and stuff like that who, you know, we agree on a lot of these issues 100% but the way that they convey them like they'll, they'll make a post on Facebook and it's like they don't use any commas like no periods right. no capital letters and it's like people who aren't like awake are gonna read that and they're gonna immediately throw it out because your spelling is atrocious right, right. so it's just like if you can present that with you know at least some grounding in some sources and stuff like that and then kind of use that to bridge off more into the you know the deeper kind of rabbit hole conspiracy stuff at least that at least i found that kind of opens up a, a little bit of a doorway for those types of uh, people oh yeah you definitely I, I i always tell people that you have to arm yourself with knowledge and you have to know the facts and you have to be able to cite quotes and sources and history historical facts that are true because most people they just know that like they just say illuminati is controlling everything but who exactly is the illuminati do they know who adam yeah. Weishop is and where they all really started and how they infiltrated the masons and all that no they will just tell you right. that oh shit, it's a checkerboard and they don't know what any of that means but so absolutely um so since i'm sure you so you already armed yourself with knowledge you kind of knew about the whole globalization thing and whenever um, I remember the whole worldwide flu thing happened, at first I was scared. Like, I still remember that like, the first couple of weeks I was like, holy shit, the world's going to end. And it took me a while to, yeah, like, really, to like, really think. I was like, wait a minute. Holy, no, I've already knew this was going to happen. This was planned before. Why didn't I click before? But then once I saw it from that angle, like, oh, yeah, th- this is what they've been planning for for years. Like, all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, we're in it right now. How long did it take you for, yeah. to realize that? It was kind of a similar experience to kind of what you're describing. Like, uh, you know, early, I would say late 2019, actually in December, I'd be on Reddit, kind of in the in the Reddit conspiracy forums and stuff like that. Uh, and you would see kind of the propaganda come, well, now we know it's propaganda, but stuff coming out of China, of people just dropping dead in the street. And there were like folders of these videos, right? So I was in the same boat as you. I was looking at that and I was thinking, oh boy, like, here we go. You know, I, I kind of bought into it right away. I was like, you, you know, here comes the plague. Like, we're all going to die. So I, like, I stocked up on food like crazy. I was, uh, I stocked up on medicine. I actually had a trip to Mexico that was planned in February. And I was considering canceling because I was like, the last thing I want to do is go to Mexico. I end up getting, like, deathly ill and, like, who the hell knows what happened. So it's funny because I was actually the one freaking out. I was going to my coworkers and being like, uh, like what do you think like i think we're gonna get hit with this plague i think it's gonna be really bad and they're just like oh we've seen this a million times before like you're being nutty you're being crazy so this whole time like before <laughs> you know i was the nutbag and then 
I, I think what really kind of clued me into the fact that this was somewhat of a, a manipulative, you know, scam demic here was when a lot of the articles at the beginning were starting to float out, like, you know, 33 cases, right. 33 cases here. Mm -hmm. there were, yeah, there were endless articles about that. I saw that as like, you know, Freemasonic signaling that the big boys uh, are signaling to each other that this is like, you know, kind of a scamdemic more than an actual pandemic itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was just like, and then I saw just certain things not making sense, like, you know, when it came to the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff like that. And they were like, oh yeah, the, the virus doesn't spread at Black Lives Matter protests. And it's just like, just like, you know, this like nonsense. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm done with this garbage. But then it was kind of funny because then I kind of flipped. I became the guy who like was not taking it seriously because it was obviously a scam. Everybody by that point that I was originally like freaking out to had bought into it completely. So it's just like, it was funny because before I was perceived as being like the paranoid lunatic. And to this day, I'm still being perceived by those people as the paranoid lunatic. So I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. Yeah, but see, I think the, the, the uh, how would I say it? The silver lining in this whole thing is that it did wake a lot of people up. And a lot of people are, who were really uh, thought that following the rules was going to get them to go back to normal are like, wait a minute, it never went back to normal. And especially you, because you were in Canada, I'm curious to hear how was it up there? You were locked up for a while, huh? Yeah, there was a significant lockdown, especially at the beginning. I remember I had to move most of my lessons online for, I think, a good six months. I mean, that whole period just kind of felt like Twilight Zone time was just kind of weird. Everything was kind of weird during that period. But uh, the, the lockdown was pretty extreme for sure. Like nothing like what I heard coming out of Australia. It's like I just heard Australia was insane. But yeah, we didn't have it that great here either. But I, I mean, I got to say, Canadians... Uh, are fairly docile like you know th there were a decent amount of, of awakened people but i don't know what it is about canadians but i would say the vast overwhelming majority of people that i talk to in terms of the normie population like some of them have, have waken up for sure but some of them to this day are just like they don't get it it's just and i, I don't know like they're still masking up they're still super paranoid with the like hand sanitizer and all that we had some demonstrations and stuff like that against it but it was just definitely in the minority. Um, so yeah, yeah, a little bit disappointing for sure. It definitely kind of ruined a little bit of my faith in, in humanity and how I kind of felt that that would go. But how, like, how about you? What, what was the reaction? Of, like, where, where are you located? Well, I'm curiosity? in Texas. I'm in Texas. So for me, like COVID kind of went away after the first seven, eight months and people were out back into normal. And it, yeah, like you said, still, it's weird to see someone who wears masks, especially in Texas, because here it's basically yeah. gone. Like gyms are packed, stadiums are packed, churches are packed, like there's nothing here. But it's just right. weird how in China and other places they're trying to bring it back, but people are tired of that. So so let's move on to the next subject, because yeah, I'm kind of tired of COVID. But see, again, the nice thing is you made a lot of good music. You made music throughout that kind of put you in a little cave and really made you to like really dig deep within yourself. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, a, a lot of that just kind of came with, with frustration, and like you know, e even before kind of the uh, the the worldwide flu kind of hit, you know, I, I would kind of inject those kind of themes into my music, but I was a little bit more easy about it. You know, I kind of do the romantic stuff, have some political, spiritual kind of stuff in there as well. But when I realized, you know, time is kind of up, and and it's kind of you, sh this is the time to put those messages out there. I kind of went hard on it, and. Um, I knew it was great. It connected with people who were also kind of awake, 
I think a lot of the people who were kind of watching what I was doing, it, it did help to kind of inspire a little bit of awakening. I did meet, it was met with a lot of backlash, especially with people I know. I, I, I lost a lot of friends over it. Um, family members were, the like, connection with the family were like almost completely eroded. Um, yeah, so I mean, that was a little bit un unfortunate for sure. I mean, it's good to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff. I don't mean that in like a condescending way, but to me, it's just like, if you're willing to force people to inject something into themselves that they don't necessarily want to take and that they're not comfortable with, that's that's the, the final frontier. I mean, in right. terms of the battle for your body, and a lot of these people don't even believe in a soul, right? So like, okay, if you don't believe in a soul and you let people and the government dictate what you can put into your body, what do you have left? And yeah, a lot of my, my family just see me as like, you know, you're a right-wing conspiracy Trump supporter, blah, 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 you know, all, all the bullshit, yeah. all the NPC BS. Um, so yeah, that was kind of unfortunate, but I, I'm committed to the message and, and that's ultimately what's, uh, what's important. Yeah, hell yeah, definitely made of us more stronger, more firm on our position. So let's move on because um, I saw you did some videos on Sigmund Freud and that, uh, that guy always kind of weirded me out because he was always at the end trying to make it about sex, but he did have some interesting ideas. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what was yeah. it about Freud? Uh, he was talking about projection and how can we recognize this and use it in our life to prevent it from tainted, tainting our worldviews? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think when it comes to the projection thing, the main thing is just doing the, the inner work, right? I mean, like we're all kind of guilty of, of projection to a certain extent. I I've certainly do that and I, I catch myself doing it, but I just feel like the more we kind of engage in you know some inner awareness whether that's through formal meditation or psychedelics whatever that work is and we perform that inner healing then we are less likely to kind of project those issues onto others now obviously easier uh, easier said than done i think that work is pretty difficult but a lot of people and myself included at some point like don't even necessarily know where to start when it comes to that and Again, it kind of does come back to the idea of psychedelics. Like I feel that's a crucial element of that inner work. Like people will go to a psychologist or therapist for 10 years and kind of have minimal results. And then I've heard stories of, you know, they try psilocybin mushrooms one time and then it completely changes the perspective in terms of healing and they can kind of continue on that healing path on their own. Mm -hmm. So in terms of projection and, and Freud and stuff like that, I just feel it, it, it's about that inner work. Right. And uh, yeah, just just recognizing when we're engaging in that projecting behavior, recognizing it as such, and then just going back and making sure we kind of uh, address those issues on our own. Hell yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so next question I had was, um, you also did like a video on the symbolism of the tarot card. And the tarot yes. thing, the occult type of thing, I mean, I'm not pushed off by it because it definitely is interesting and there's definitely something to like the writer deck. The symbolism in that deck is like really spot on. Whoever came up with it was like, they really knew a whole lot of shit about the occult, but tell us a little bit about what you know about the tarot card and what, how do you think it kind of works? Absolutely. Yeah, when it comes to the tarot cards, it's actually something I'm, I'm in a continuous process of kind of learning about myself and kind of figuring out uh, different layers to the symbolism and, and different meanings. To me, it's never been about like, you know, you flip the cards and the cards kind of line up and... Um, you know, that they're going to convey like a certain message. I, I, I do believe with the right intention and right setting that there is kind of the potential for a more magical metaphysical component to that. But just even studying the tarot deck and especially the major arcana as like the journey through life and the main archetype of, uh, archetypal situations or characters that you might run into, 
that's where I found that stuff to be the most fruitful. So for example, something like The Magician really resonates with me because that's all about kind of creativity, using the elements as an artist to kind of come up with something, channeling higher consciousness. And that's something that I think most creative people um, can kind of relate to. So using that as a way to kind of connect the inner and outer worlds. Um, something like, for example, the, the, the devil card, like not, uh, that's something when it comes to addiction, like, you know, I think everyone's kind of struggled with addictions on some level, whether that's, you know, technology or pornography or drug use, drinking, whatever that might be. But just for example, the symbolism on that card of, you have these people who are chained to these posts, but the, the chains are actually fairly lax. So these people could free themselves from these metaphorical chains, like their, their addictions and stuff like that. But oftentimes we choose to kind of remain in that kind of sick comfort that those addictions um, facilitate. Uh, and just, you know, using those cards as tools to kind of recognize when we're engaging in that kind of behavior. Um, that's where I found that to be the most kind of fruitful. And I'm, to be honest, I'm still kind of learning about uh, a lot of the symbolism and stuff like that uh, in terms of the major arcana. Hell yeah, see, like, that's what I'm talking about, like, that simple, not a simple, but just that card, the magician, like, you read into the symbolism, it does help you understand the world, like, yeah, we're all stuck, we all kind of put resistance on ourselves, and you could push past it, but you choose not to, and another card that you were talking about that I really like is the card of the fool, and to me, like, the fool, yes. you can kind of tie that in into your world, kind of like, people, you have to be willing to be a fool, to learn something new or to experience or to kind of open yourself up to new possibilities. Cause at first you, we all suck at things. We're fools. Like when we were little babies, when we learn to walk, we're like a little yeah. fool, but we learn eventually and we master it. So um, yeah, I just love how there's like secrets within the cards that if you understood it, it will help you get a better perspective in life and have a, a leg up on, on other people, not on other people, but just a better understanding of how to navigate in this world. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Like, you know, I, I do feel like it gives an advantage in terms of how to just kind of navigate the world. Knowledge of self too, right? Like, I mean, we all have that kind of full element to ourselves, you know, beginning the journey, whatever that is, whether that's like, you know, a personal thing or a relationship or just the awakening process, right? Like, I've always seen that card as kind of, you know, the incarnation of the, the spirit coming into the physical world in order to learn, expand that consciousness and kind of grow. I mean, that, that's so fundamental because I mean that I feel like that's such a huge part of why, well, I mean, that, that to me is the reason that why we're here, but we get so caught up in that nine to five, you know, we need to kind of provide on a, on a physical level for ourselves, for our families and that kind of thing. And we kind of ignore, like we were saying at the beginning of the conversation, the spiritual metaphysical elements of all this. And yeah, I mean, if that card can serve to kind of point anybody in the right direction, I mean, I, I think that's a great way to kind of, uh, help wake yourself up and yeah i mean i, I find it a, a great tool yeah yeah and you've mentioned several times inner worlds and outer worlds have you seen that documentary no what, what's the name of the documentary inner it's called inner world outer world yeah it's fucking badass you'll love it bro oh awesome here i'm gonna write that down inner world outer um, world yeah. like can i find that on uh like bit shoot and all that good stuff yeah i'm sure i'll send you a link later later send me a text and i'll send it to you but yeah that documentary is fucking full of, of knowledge and stuff Definitely check Fantastic. it out. All right, so let's move on. So um, I like how on, on one of your, um, you also make videos uh, like describing the symbolism. And like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people don't really know like the symbolism, but you made one about the checkerboard and the ladder and the square and compass. Can you kind of walk us through what, the, what those mean starting off with the checkerboard? Because I think, did you uh, use it on one of your songs or one of your album covers or something? 
Uh, the checkerboard floor. I don't know if I did. I, I do have some uh, in one of my songs, Sleeping with the Enemy. I have some kind of allusions to uh, Freemasonic kind of traditions and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of the checkerboard floor, that's always been something that, uh, you know, just kind of diving into Freemasonic uh, symbolism and stuff like that, that uh, at least as far as my understanding goes, uh, kind of represents that idea of duality and base consciousness, right? So just seeing things as being left versus right, dark versus night, ones and zeros in kind of the more programming kind of language thing. So just that idea of, you know, everything being kind of polarized and we can see a lot of that definitely in even just the political sphere, right? It's like you're either on the left or you're on the right or you're like you're on this side of the equation when it comes to vaccine mandates or you're on this side and if you're not, you're the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the latter kind of representing that idea of, you know, bridging that black and that white duality to, to come to something that's a little bit more holistic and incorporating some of those perspectives so that you're not, you know, getting caught up in like, you know, the cult of, you know, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican and all the bullshit that's put out there really to entrap your consciousness into this box, right? And just freeing yourself from that box. So that's where um, that checkerboard floor symbolism kind of comes in. And it's, it's great just to understand it, just so you, you kind of check in on yourself when you're kind of falling into that mentality. I mean, you know, I've done that, we're all guilty of it. I, I try my best. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of sums up the idea of the, that checkerboard floor, at least in my view. And what about the ladder that's also on that symbol? That's that like apron, I think they have it on there. That's like the checkerboard, a ladder, a man climbing it, and then the sun and the moon with the uh, Joaz and Boaz uh, pillars. Yeah, that's a, like some of the symbolism. I'm still kind of diving into that. Like to, to me, the ladder has represented the journey up through consciousness, almost kind of moving from kind of the root chakra all the way up to the crown. That's kind of how I kind of interpret it. And again, bridging the gap between those dualities to reach a more holistic consciousness. Uh, in terms of the pillars and stuff like that, that's something I'm still uh, exploring a little bit. I'm not kind of as well versed uh, in that. And I, I, for me, I've seen the sun and the moon as kind of being a reflection of. That, du uh, that duality as well, but I feel like I, I gotta dive a little bit more uh, into that one, to be honest. Well, you, I'm sure you did one on the square and compass. What do, you, what do you say about those? Yeah, the square and compass, I found that one interesting because, you know, when it comes to the square, to me that kind of represents base consciousness and just that idea of, well, if you think about what the square kind of traces, it, it's straight lines, 90 degree angles, so things that don't necessarily appear naturally in, in nature. And then the compass, uh, you know, well, if we think about what the compass traces, that would trace the circle. And the circle represents historically and traditionally, and I think inherently represents the idea of uh, eternity, right? And I think if you even kind of take that on a math, math, mathematical level, the idea of pi, well, we can never actually pinpoint that number down to anything specific. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's never ending, right? So just that idea of infinity and the infinite. And then when it comes to the G in the middle, I've kind of had, you know, a couple of people say, well, you know, it represents God, it represents the generative principle. Um, so I, I guess there is a little bit of interpretation when it comes to that. But to me, that just represents um, God. So we have kind of the, the base consciousness being represented by the square. We have that more holistic, infinite consciousness being represented by compass with that uh, generative principle being reflected in the middle yeah interesting for sure and yeah i've also heard different words for the g i've heard uh someone say it's also for geometry yes yeah i've heard that one too okay so and then this is the one that always kind of i have a hard time deciphering whether it's positive or negative or if it's just been twisted and turned but what is your uh 
Well, how would you describe or what do you think the all seeing eye kind of represents? If it's positive or negative? Yeah, that's a that's kind of a tough one. I almost feel it's almost in the eye of the beholder in a way. Like to me, obviously, as somebody who's on the side of trying to awaken humanity, that to me represents kind of the pineal gland in a way and our access to interdimensional knowledge and higher realms of, of consciousness. So that's how I see it. Um, now, I don't think that that's necessarily how, when it comes to like the global elite, that that's not necessarily how they see it. They see it as the eye of their God, maybe the eye of like, you know, Lucifer or something like that. Um, and especially how that kind of shows up on, on the $1 bill. Like to me, the idea is when it comes to the pyramid on the $1 bill, we have that top capstone missing. Um, so obviously if that work that they're talking about, uh, would be completed and they do actually add that capstone, which to me is the completion of the new world order that would actually block out that eye of enlightenment, which is, you know, what we're, what you and I are trying to, to avoid, right. To mm -hmm. actually enlighten humanity. So if that final capstone were to get added, it would block out that eye. And I feel like when it comes to people like you and I who are awake and we want to kind of spread that message to humanity, it's about dismantling that brick pyramid and allowing that light to shine onto humanity. And in my estimation and in my perspective, that represents the pineal gland, it represents God consciousness, it represents human consciousness reaching its full potential. And um, yeah, that's kind of the way I see it. I think that the, the dark occultists here who run the world uh, see it a little bit differently and they're definitely trying to stop humanity from realizing who they really are. Yeah, man, for sure. And then I don't know if you've looked into it, but like in Islam, I think that in their their point of view that they see that in the end times, the Antichrist that comes, they call it the Dajjal, they say that their guy, he's going to suffer a wound and he's going to be left blind from his left eye. So that's kind of kind of weird. I kind of connects kind of in a way. It's one eye. He's the Antichrist. The Lucifer. But yeah. So, OK, I want to move on to your music. Because your music's pretty badass, bro. I like how you, it's funny, it's smart, it makes you laugh at the establishment. But a couple things I wanted to ask you. Cause, Thank you. Because you bring up the number sure. 22 a couple of times, like in that song, Yui Chow, and the new album you just put out, 222, or is it 2022? Yes. Uh, what, yeah. what, why do you, what is up with that number? Because it's very significant to you. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's actually tough to kind of pinpoint when I took an interest in it. Uh, that to me is kind of related to the idea of synchronicity. That's something that uh, Carl Jung kind of uh, coined in one of his books. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this, but just like for the listening audience or whatever, like the idea of synchronicity is certain elements or events happening in the outside world that tend to confirm things that are kind of happening or reflect things that are happening within the inner world. Yeah. So at some point, I'm not sure exactly when this happened, but it definitely started after my awakening. I would kind of either consciously or unconsciously ask for some sort of confirmation, some kind of sign, some sort of guidance. And I would start to see the number 222 come up, you know, past the point where it was coincidence, um, just in some situations where it almost seemed absurd. And it was like, wow, I, I can't believe that this is actually happening and that I'm seeing this number again. Uh -huh. And I found, especially at the beginning of my awakening process, when I would have these doubts and I would follow the signs that you know 222 would kind of confirm for me i would always end up in the ideal position for myself and in times when i was a little bit more skeptical and i wasn't really following my intuition it would always end up messing me up so at some point with enough trial and error and enough suffering and pain uh i just learned to kind of you know follow obviously my own intuition 
follow the signs as they're reflected to me, uh, especially 222. I mean, that, that's always been a thing and it, it's never really left me. And uh, yeah, I just kind of see it as a synchronistic confirmation of uh, the path that I, I should kind of follow and it's always led me uh, in the right direction. Yeah, so man, far. for sure. The universe is definitely talking to us and most of us are not paying attention, but if you did, you'll start noticing all those synchronicities everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, like super important to, uh, to kind of just pay attention, keep the mind open. And, you know, a, a lot of people chalk that up to kind of the psychological phenomenon of like, okay, well, if when you're driving uh, an Audi or whatever, then you start to see more Audis on the road. But this is, it's so, it, like stuff like synchronicity and kind of the more esoteric stuff, it, it's so subjective. And I feel like humanity has been kind of trained into the idea that everything needs to be logical. You know, you have, you know, a causal effect, A causes B, blah, 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 and everything is super rational. But when it comes to the emotions and like the inner world, that's not necessarily a rational thing. So do try to apply that logic to things that are more spiritual and esoteric. It doesn't necessarily work. And we end up shooting ourselves in the foot because like you said, the universe is constantly talking to us and it's really our job to tune in, silence the mind and come into a, a space where we can pick up on those messages and to follow the universe's guidance. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like unfortunately, obviously, you know, the dark occultists and the the rulers of this world don't want us to to be able to access that information so definitely a really important thing okay all right that's cool yeah for sure brother i can totally feel you on that so what does yui totally. chow mean on that song what does that mean i never heard of that that's actually just uh it's just based on something i knew at the time uh, i was just kind of trolling that person so there's no actual deep meaning to it or something it was about uh a girl i was talking to <laughs> at the time and that was her like internet uh, persona or whatever so that's actually where that comes from nothing uh, super philosophical oh, about okay. that or anything okay All but right. uh yeah i was just trolling i was just kind of being a being a dickhead <laughs> all right okay well this is the song that i really like i want to play it at the end of the show the rush hour song uh i really relate to it and i'm sure a lot of people would because uh you play it um it's really about kind of like the nine to five routine that i was talking about earlier and that um, it's kind of a splinter on most people's most people's brain. If they're not really doing something that they love, it's kind of like a dreadful thing. But then uh, when I'm looking into it, I read that at, in a way you kind of love it because you find your love in that or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the idea behind that song was like you know we kind of get caught up in that nine to five kind of routine, and you know it, it kind of saps the magic out of life a little bit, right? Like you you wake up every day. You go to work, you kind of earn your paycheck, you come home, you're too exhausted to necessarily engage in any other activity, whether that's, you know, trying to kind of sift through what's actually happening in the world. Or, I mean, a lot of people just, you know, by the end of the, your slave labor day, you just go home and you sit on the couch and a lot of people tune into TV and stuff like that. But that song was more about kind of those beautiful moments that kind of exist um, outside of that nine to five grind of just, just the little things, connection with people, um, just the little things that remind you that you are a human being and you're not necessarily meant to just sit in a cubicle for eight hours a day and slave away for somebody else uh, so that they can get rich off your uh, your hard work, right? So mm -hmm. that one's a little bit more of a lighthearted song, but I tried to just inject uh, just a little bit of the magic of the, the little moments that kind of happen outside of that nine to five grind. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, dude, you're fucking awesome. I like, you're like one of those guys who's really, that has their eye on the ball. So. What would you say, what kind of tip would, or what do you think would help turn more people on? 
like to, to wake up to this, seeing the world in that perspective of we need to fight back and get the power back, not from the elite, but just from ourselves and realize that we have the potential to be, to be anything. Absolutely. Um, I think it actually all stems, like I, I've thought about this a lot. Like, I mean, I think the most crucial thing for people to kind of get the ball rolling is kind of the, the personal introspection, metaphysical, spiritual element to this, right? Because again, if you're under the impression that you're here on earth as a mistake and you're kind of like a, just a cosmic accident, that I think kind of informs every decision that you make in your life, right? But if you're coming from the place where you know deep down that you're here for a purpose and that you have a purpose to fulfill, that's going to change the way that you live your life completely, right? Like, I mean, I, I just find that idea that you're just a cosmic accident to really hold people back because they think I'm not that special. I'm not that important. I really have that much to offer. I'm just like everybody else. But when you engage in like, you know, uh, uh, something like meditation or yoga and you really get in contact with your own spirit and your own vision, and you realize you were here for a purpose and you follow that purpose that just enriches your whole life and it changes the way that you interact with people. It changes the way that you approach your career. It approach, it, it changes almost everything. Like, I mean, my life did a complete 180 after some of those uh, discoveries. So I would just say, I think the most important thing is to stop looking so much externally into the outside world and to create that space a little bit every day um, to look inside whether that's through meditation or through psychedelics and just carve out that space for yourself and then engage with the outer world kind of from that place that you've kind of carved out. Hell yeah. I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but yeah, yeah. that's what I would say. No, definitely. Amen. For sure, brother. And yeah, like you said, we've said it several times already. So I'm going to implore all of y'all and you too, Alex, to listen, to watch the documentary inner worlds, outer worlds, because it really helps break down a lot of the symbolism and it really helps you understand the outer and the inner world. And so with that, uh, do you have any more plans for, you've been releasing music lately. Do you have any shows or any more music coming out soon? Yeah, I've got some more music that I'm working on. Um, Yeah, I do have some more stuff coming up. I've been a little bit disheartened lately, to be honest, just because the shadow banning on all my social media has just been brutal. Like, I mean, it was crazy because, I mean, on, on TikTok, for example, I started uploading some of that symbolism stuff and... You know stuff about Klaus Schwab at the the World Economic Forum and you know all of his, his evil intentions and stuff. And at that point on, on the TikTok algorithm, they hadn't figured me out yet, so that stuff actually got out. I had three videos where I had hundreds of people who feel just like me commenting on it and being like, "I'm on the same page." And it, you know that kind of gave me a little burst of inspiration because I've been just shadow banned brutally on Instagram and Facebook for the longest time. So it's kind of tough because you put all this. This work into your art, you put your heart and your soul into it, and then you have the Zuckerberg at the other end, uh, the Zuckerberg AI yeah. just hitting the button mm-hmm. on you before your stuff can even get out there, right? So right. that's been kind of a, a little bit of a struggle for me, but I, I'm not giving up anytime soon. I've got some more music coming up uh, pretty soon here. I've got a single coming up uh, next Friday or this coming Friday, so that'll be something to look forward to. It's called Dead End Perceptions, and it's just All right. uh, it's a song about... Yeah, yeah, it's a song about not having to, to kind of give in to the, uh, yeah, the control grid, the control system, and all the bullshit that they want to kind of uh, pass on to us. So that's the next thing coming down the pipes. I have pretty much no drive right now to perform live. I just, I don't know, after everything that's happened, I just, I don't necessarily want, like a lot of the, the people in my city, 
they are, for lack of a better term, just like completely indoctrinated. And to be honest, I don't really want to perform to them. I know that sounds kind of dickish, man, but I just don't have the motivation right now. No, uh, but they're, I'm never giving up on the music. There, there's more stuff coming there for sure. Hell yeah, awesome. Yeah, for sure, y'all guys go check him out. And his latest album, he he has himself like in an anime form, and he's like in the Matrix, and he's uh, like ready to fight and shit. So he's definitely on our side. So go please, y'all go check out his stuff. And I want to have you again sometime, brother. Maybe when you have some more music or another album, we'll, we'll do something else. But yeah, you're, you're smart and you definitely, you're putting art and you're infusing it with the truth. And that's, we need more of that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, like this has been awesome. I really appreciate you having me on and everything. Like, uh, yeah, it's great to kind of talk to, to like-minded people about this type of stuff. So yeah, it's been sure. great. That's, that's the other thing. I always end my program with uh, know yourself, improve yourself find the others and then you'll know what to do and that's what we got to do we got to connect me and you i'm in texas you're in canada but we're connecting we established the link you're going to talk to other people and it kind of just grows from there absolutely and that spot on that gave me that gave me the chills when you said that i like it all right brother so i want to end with that song rush hour crush um and then after that stick with me so we could talk a little bit off the air and thank you for coming on brother thank you so much for having me Appreciate All right. it. All right, y'all. So, like I said, know yourself, improve yourself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. This is Rush Our Crush by Mindseed.
Peace.